Hello there. How are you? And welcome back to Miss CEO. And let me show you how to fire your boss. When you're looking at leaving your job, you must take into consideration all of these emotions that are running through you, all of these crazy questions, all of this uh, euphoria one minute and doubt the next. It's very difficult, but you have to concentrate on one very important thing. It is your future you're thinking about here. You, the things that are going to make you happy, making sure that you realize your potential, knocking it out of the ballpark with what you know you can do. Let this enthusiasm, let's think about how deliberate you are. Let that take care of the anxiety and the negativity and the resolve will be there for you. So why don't we talk about the things that are important for us to start thinking about at this juncture. We're leaving. We've decided we are ready to up-level our lives. We're going to quit this job because like I always say, and you're going to hear this from me a lot, if you cannot take this job and love it, then you've got to take this job and shove it. It's that simple. And of course, firing your boss is something we have always all wanted to do. So let's get to it. There are five very, very important considerations that I want you to start thinking about. We're looking at crafting the perfect exit. We're looking at making it so that it's a smooth transition for you, so that you overcome that original level of anxiety, which is the separation anxiety syndrome. So the first thing that you have to think about out of the five is you have to determine what your exit strategy is and what your timeline is. And of course, we'll get into, as we go on, with different podcasts, we will get into how you get to determine these things. The exit strategy is not as cut and dry as it sounds. You don't just say, oh, there's an exit sign over that door. I'm going to go through it. There's my exit. No, there's a little bit more to it than that. We want to make sure that when you are ready to leave, when you are ready to say, see ya, you are not burning any bridges. You are not leaving any animosity behind. You are not taking any of that weight with you into your near future. In order to do this, in order to achieve this, we have to ensure that you're taking the proper steps. And the first thing is determining that exit strategy and developing that time frame. Why? Well, your exit strategy will help you. It'll be a roadmap for you to transition. So it will tell you what you need to do, when you need to do it, how you need to do it. Okay? So we'll work together to establish this roadmap for you. And then from there, once we know the strategy, we will develop a time frame to make sure that we craft this perfect exit. The time frame is very important, and there are a lot of considerations to establishing a time frame. Uh, finances fall into this category. You know, without you having the proper financial backing, you are not going to be able to just leave your job and start into your business. 
we all know, and we have to be very upfront about this, that when you start a new business, you're not going to make money tomorrow. You're not going to make money next week. You need to be ready for the long term. You need to start putting things in place today so that six months from now, you look back and say, I'm so glad I planned ahead. Those pitfalls that you will avoid are going to be part of what's going to help you grow. So yes, let's put in our financial situation as one of the main frames of our time frame. Okay. So now that we've gotten our exit strategy prepared and we have a timeline, and let me tell you, do not rush yourself. Yes, we want you to give your employer ample time to replace you because you are, after all, an irreplaceable ripple. That's what we would all like to think. We are irreplaceable, but I'm sure you've heard the ripple effect um, mentioned several times in your lifetime. Um, and that is, if you go into a pond or a lake that's totally pristine and serene and the surface is totally and completely tranquil, and you throw a pebble into that tranquility, you will cause a series of ripples. They're going to start small. And then as that pebble sinks, it will expand, second ripple, third ripple, and they will ripple out. But guess what? As the ripples grow wider, they dissipate. And the center ripple pretty much disappears. And the reality of life is this. We are nothing but a ripple when it comes to someone else. If you are someone else's employee, if you are working on their dreams, if you are thriving to make their business prosper and you tell them, hey, guess what? I'm leaving. They're going to look at you and say, okay, Ripple, it was great to have you here, Ripple. And even if it's going to cost a little bit of a hardship for them, it's still the Ripple effect. They will replace you. In fact, you will start to notice that that replacement happens sooner than you really wanted it to. So let's think about why we want to make sure that we are doing everything properly. And the ripple effect does have a lot of ramifications into the second most important thing that we have to consider. Okay. And that is our future business. We do not want to burn any bridges, especially if we are going to be in the same business atmosphere, if we're going to be in the same bubble as some of our existing co-workers or as some of our vendors that we touch today on a daily basis as an employee, we want to make sure that we're not burning any bridges, even with our boss that we've just fired. Uh, because that second consideration is who is going to be your market? What is it that you are going to do? And it will it include this part of your life? Will it include anyone from this ripple world? Are you going to look to uh, your existing comrades or your existing co-workers or even your bosses or any of the people that you manage? Are they going to be someone that you will have to have access to for your business to thrive. So it's important that we look at 
who our target market will be as we craft that exit. Will they be a part of it? So that separation also includes ensuring that we are having a separation with reparation. Why reparation? Again, we do not want any bad blood. No bad blood, no negativity to come back and affect us in our business, in our new endeavors, in our future. So we want to keep everything as positive as we can, and we want to make that transition flawless. That means we're not going to make anybody unhappy that we're leaving. We're going to be a ripple. We're going to let them get over us very quickly. So how do we do that? Well, that's a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode. Because the biggest thing that you can do is to properly separate yourself from the people that you work with or touch or interact with in a business-to-business professional atmosphere. Okay? Because that's going to make a big difference. It will also help you feel better about leaving if you do it all correctly. Okay? Third of our very important considerations is the effect on our outside life. How is it going to affect us outside of work? Basically, at home. The outside effect is one of the most important considerations. Right up there with, do I have the right strategy? Do I have the right financial backing? The right financial picture? And am I segmenting myself from these people correctly. How it affects your outside life, that is, a lot of people will say that that's number one, but actually it's number three for a reason. And uh, we will elaborate on why it's number three. Because we don't want to go to our family and say, I want to quit my job. I've decided it's what I want to do. By the time you get to your outside life and you tell your husband or your partner or your roommate or your children or your best friend or your sister, mother, father, nephew, niece, or your neighbor, before you go to these people that have some meaning, that have some substance in your life, these people that are impacted by you, some of them more than others, you don't want to go to them. And just say, I'm going to quit my job, even though they usually are the first people that we talk to. Let's make sure that when we go to them, we go to them with a very concise and educated thought for us to express. That's a conversation that we've had with ourselves before we have with them. Because we know that three things are going to come out of it. Okay? One of them is going to be the why. The second thing is going to be the don't. And the third thing is going to be the wow. Why do you want to leave? Don't. You can't leave. What are you going to do? And wow, that's terrible. Or wow, that's awesome. It could go either way. But it's always going to be why. Don't. You can't. And wow. So you have to make sure that if you are sitting there across from the family, across from the neighbors, across from mom and dad, and you tell them, yes, I've decided that this is what I want to do, 
if you speak to them from a position of total and complete self-reliance, if you speak to them from a position of positive, reinforced, I am going to do this and I know that I will succeed, then that why, why haven't you done it sooner? Oh, why? Why I'm so happy for you. The don't is, don't you think we should celebrate? And the wow is, wow, I'm so proud of you. That's what we want to hear. That's what we want to do. And you'll get that. You'll get that if you are prepared when you speak to these meaningful people in your life. Even some of your your mentors or your friends or your sounding boards or even the ladies of the soccer team or even the gentlemen that you have a beer with. It doesn't matter who it is, but if it's somebody that you want to talk to about this, you want to talk to them with with that certainty that the, the questions that could be answered, the whys are there, and you are prepared to, to say, this is the reason why I'm doing this. This is how I intend to do this. And this is what I have already done. So, yes, let's make that number three all about the way that we present it to our outside life so that we mitigate the negative impact there as well, okay? Because if your work life is going to be impacted, let me tell you, your outside life, your home life, it's going to be turned upside down. One day it'll be great. One day maybe not so great. So we've got to be ready for both. Number four, and this one is a sticky point. Not all the experts are in agreement, um, but to me, this is the most important part, one of the most important parts. Number four, of course, but still pretty important, and that is understanding your self-worth, knowing who you are. Uh, And by knowing your self-worth, I don't mean how much money do I have in the bank, what was left in my wallet, how many credit cards do I have. That has nothing to do with your self-worth. Your self-worth is that holistic knowledge that you have the capacity, that you are capable, that you are entitled, that you are deserving. Those are the things that comprise and make up your self-worth. Okay, You are whole. You are strong. You are powerful. You are totally and completely capable of doing this. You can take yourself and put yourself in a better place because you have chosen to do so. So understanding your self-worth, that you can do this, that you have within you everything that you need to make this transition happen and happen smoothly. That once you come to that understanding, once your mindset is refocused and you're looking at yourself no longer as an employee, but as the person who now has the control over their own life, not anymore someone else's employee, someone who somebody else tells what to do, how to do it, how to accomplish each task. You now are going to be looking at yourself and saying, I can do this more efficiently this way and not have to answer to anyone but you. Okay? You have to understand that is power. That is worth. That is self-worth. And once you achieve that, then this is going to be easy because those first three steps were tough. 
But once you deal with yourself, you've got your work life, okay? You have your outside home life, and then you've got yourself to deal with. And trust me when I tell you, and I speak wholly from experience, you will always be your own worst critic. Always. You know why? Because it doesn't matter what you do, you're always going to know that you can do better. So keep that in mind. Every time you look at yourself in doubt, also go back and look at yourself in pride. Be proud of every single step. Be proud of every little one of these failures that you're going to encounter because these are the things that are going to make you succeed. And these are the things that empower you and give you that self-worth okay, that you need, that very, very specific self-worth. Okay, that leads us to number five. Number five is the one little thing that everyone always says, well, I don't think that that is important. Uh, that's just, you know, it's not me. It's not me. Well, let me tell you, it is you. It's important for you to do this and think about this because without this number five to keep us alive, we are never going to transition in anything, not from work to self-ownership and, and owning our own future and being our own boss and, and being empowered by having our own business. No, if you cannot master these three little things that I'm going to talk about now as step five, we have a problem. You've got a problem. We are never going to make it. Okay? So here it is. Cut and dry. You need to be able to do these three things. You have to align your talents, assess your skills and expertise, Okay. Develop your genius zone. And then find your joy. Bring all of that together in a big triangle. Talents, skills and expertise, genius zone. That triangle. And in the middle of that triangle is your joy. Okay? When you do that, this is all going to work out. Because let me tell you what. Not all of us share the same talents. One of the greatest things about humanity is that each of us is different. We are all endowed with, with different knowledge and different uh, proficiencies and different artistic prowess or, or someone has an affinity for numbers. We are all totally and completely different, which is great because that means somebody is going to need what you have to offer, whether you've designed a product that only you could have designed or whether you've customized a service that only you can customize. That differentiation is what's going to empower your business in the future, all right? So your talents are going to be a very strong defining factor of what it is that you're going to be doing. But talent alone is not enough. I tell you what, everybody that I see out there playing basketball in the NBA, they are making bucks, lots and lots of bucks. So much money that it is incomprehensible. But you know why? Because they can, because they have that talent. Guess who would not make 20 cents out on a basketball court? Yep, Miss CEO. Not a penny, not a dime. You know why? Because I have short legs, I can't jump, I can dribble just a little bit, and I my eyesight is not what it used to be. So now we know. I will never make it at, to, to billionaire status in the NBA. 
It is not within my talent and skill set. Okay. But I tell you what I'm really, really good at. I'm really, really good at discerning personalities, at looking at who can do what in business, because I'm a business empath. That's what I am. That's where my superpower is. And I challenge any anyone of those basketball players to sit across the table from me and out dribble me when it comes to business empathy. Nope, that's my superpower. Okay, that's my talent. I'm able to look at someone sitting across the table and I can tell them, I can accept their their business vision. I can extrude it from them, bring it out. Like I'm fishing, I cast that line and I start asking the right questions, delving deeper and deeper and deeper into their psyche so I can find the perfect business for them. And that's what I'm going to be doing through these podcasts even for you. So keep that in mind. So we know that each of us has a different gift, a different talent, okay? Now, talents are totally different than skills. Skill sets and expertise, these are different. These are acquired. We can acquire a skill. We can acquire the ability to build a funnel, except for me. That's beyond me. I can't build a funnel. But we can acquire that expertise. You can. And if you can, let me tell you what. I know so many people right now that will pay you a lot of money for building their perfect funnel. But again, that is a skill set. That's not a talent. Your skill set and your expertise. When you've built enough funnels, you become a funnel expert. Once you become a funnel expert, I know a lot of people who will pay you a lot more money for being an expert at creating these funnels for you. So as you can see, there's a differentiation between talent, which is something that's innate. It's something that just kind of springs out of you. And a skill, which is something that you become adept at. It's an expertise. Expertise comes from experience, okay? And experience comes from experimentation, all right? And if you don't have these three things, you cannot get the expertise, okay? So if you have the skills that you've acquired and you become very proficient at them, then you become an expert. So your skills and expertise, okay, coupled with your talent, you look at those two things, they usually are what make up your genius zone. They are what is going to make you excel at something very specific. Like, like I said, I'm a business empath, and it is my training and education and business. And the experience and experiential business that I have under my belt, nearly 30 years now, I'm dating myself. We're not going to talk about that. Um, but I take that with my natural ability to accept, my natural ability to, through empathy, be able to extrude that business from you. And that is what becomes my genius. That is what I am able to bring to the table because I know and I have 100% certainty that I can deliver based on those two things. So my genius zone is my innate ability and my acquired through experiential education, through academic education, put those two together and that becomes my genius, okay? So there you go, our perfect triangle. Our talents, skills and expertise, genius zone. This is a triangle and within that triangle and outside of that triangle is what we call our joy. 
when you find those things that bring you joy, don't you feel happy? Whether it's at your job or at home or out on the ball field or out on the lake, whatever it is, or when you're writing, those of us that, that, that just love to write, I just love to pour myself out onto a page, um, which is, as some of you already know, I actually happen to be a magazine publisher and editor. Uh, the Winter Garden Magazine, which is going into our fifth year. I'm so proud of that. Uh, but that's because I love the written word. I love to to read it and to write it. I, I'm so totally and completely engrossed when I'm reading. It's it's just transformational. It has been since I was very, very young. Uh, and, and reading is fundamental. Uh, so keep that in mind. The more you read, the better you become at whatever it is. You don't have to read something that's going to make you laugh, and you don't have to read something that's going to make you cry. Whatever you read can do both. So keep reading uh, forever. You don't, only, you don't only read when you're young. You read forever. Um, and this is what keeps us on this path. This joy is going to be the one thing that drives you. If you can find yourself doing what makes you happy, then you're not even working. You're just enjoying it. And let me tell you how my joy comes to play in all this. Every single day, I love what I do. I have loved what I do forever. And yes, I've had my lows and I've had my highs and I've had my in-betweens. But I could tell you, sitting in a diffusion table with needles in my arm getting my chemo, I would always go back to saying, I can't wait to be able to get out of here. And of course, in order of importance, see my children, you know, kiss the grandchildren and get back to work. Always. I've always wanted to get back to work because I love what I do. I love sitting with someone, listening to someone, being across the screen from someone and, and, and seeing that totally and completely amazed look on their face when I've actually been able to give them their business in a bubble. Why just take it out of them and put it in front of them and say, here it is. I created this for you. Such joy. I love it. It's, it's amazing to me that, that I can see their business in them and then I can pull it out and I can hand it to them all wrapped up in a nice little neat professional package. That brings me joy, which means I'll continue to do this as long as I can. Um, Later on in other podcasts, we'll be talking about our whys. And I promise myself and I'm promising you that I'll keep this under 30 minutes. So I'm getting close. So I'm going to go ahead and finish this with my why, my big, big why. I have seven whys and eight grand whys. And that's Charlie, Chloe, Christopher, Chelsea, Candace, Benjamin, and Jace. Those are the whys. Those are my seven amazing children. And my grand whys. I'm sure you may have gathered, are my eight amazing grandchildren, okay? And that, that is what keeps me motivated. That is what keeps me going. Uh, but I have a why, which is not that one. My why is to give back. I have been blessed that um, I've encountered some very difficult times in my life. I spent the better part of a year and a half in a wheelchair due to multiple sclerosis. 
And I made a promise uh, in exchange for the ability to walk again. And I'm like, hey, if you can grant me the ability to be a mom to my children, to, to, to get out of this wheelchair and go back to doing what I should be doing in life, I promise you that I am going to turn around and I am going to be a tool for you and serve the world with my gift, which is to bring business to so many people that need it. And my why is in the next five years to reach out and touch 1,000 women and empower them to start their own business, whatever that business may be. Empower them in every way that I can. Uh, and I can't do this alone. I am actually recruiting a group of super powerful, amazing entrepreneurs to help me do this because I'll never reach a 1,000 by myself. Uh, but if I can find three people like me to commit to doing two, that's six. And if they each do the same, well, I don't even have to tell you the power of progression. We will get this done. So that is my why. And I am going to end this with that why. Help me develop the Female Entrepreneur Development and Incubation Center so that we can help a thousand women empower themselves, change their lives, change their families, and then in turn impact their community. Let's do that because I think that's going to make a lot of difference in this world. Thank you for listening. I'm C, your CEO. Let me show you how to fire your boss. Have a great afternoon.